Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Bacon Sale. Do you remember that time you said you didn't trust me at all? Yep. Every show. I say that. Every show. And then you said, I'll tell you what, you make it through tomorrow without killing anybody, especially me or yourself. Then I'll start trusting you. Yep. That's about right. You remember that? Yep. I've done it, Joel. I've done it. Now you have to start trusting me. And you know what else you need to do? Hmm. You need to register me as a lethal weapon. <laughs> That was the cutest request I've ever heard. You need to register me as a little weapon. <laughs> yeah, those are actually direct quotes. I can always I I picture Murtaugh saying that, but in a really cute voice. <laughs> but in a, that's exactly it. Yeah, Riggs and Murtaugh. Welcome to Bacon Cell. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And Jacob. So we have the lethal lot, weapon, apparently. Yeah. And the lethal weapon. We have a lot to talk about and not a lot of time to do it. So uh, let's just jump right into it. Yeah, so we want to thank everyone for everything but first off let's talk about last week shall we yes last week's show we did our trilogy show yes and uh we got a lot of good feedback from there people i I liked it because i i feel like we didn't offend too many people right well i I mean i like that it's well known really killed a trilogy in fact i had some people say that men in black 3 this is luke hickman he said men in black 3 was the best of the series and he quite likes spider-man 3 thinks it gets a hard time yeah yeah well, and it's funny because like, so we asked on, on our Facebook page and our Twitter page, we said, hey, what movie should have never gotten a sequel? And Jonathan Vasgar said, Karate Kid 3 should have never been written or seen by anyone. Also, Jurassic Park should have been a standalone film because it was glorious and all the others don't exist. Iron Man 2 is te- terrible and the Matrix series. Why? Just why? He's got a few opinions. He does. He, does. he, he seemed a little worked up, so I put a picture of The Rock saying, hey, it's going to be okay. Aw, good job. And then on Facebook, uh, we, you know, we asked the same question, and Ryan said... I feel your list was fairly comprehensive. Thank you, Ryan. I think Return of the Jedi should have never gotten a sequel. Uh, oh. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's a good the, point. At the first, I was like, Wah! oh, yeah, ah, I see what you did there. So, yes, thank you for your feedback on that. We enjoy getting it. We enjoy that when you respond to our questions and we enjoy talking about movies and trilogies. That's kind of why we're here. Yeah. But also, we have a very special thank you already. We already recorded our bacon bit, did our Facebook Live earlier or in the middle of last week. Last week. Right? Yeah. Podcast a magic. Thursday, a Thursday bacon bit. So but we have a few people to thank. And, and Jake, tell us why we're thanking these people. So the, well, okay, why? Okay, let me back up then. So we're, we're thanking them for anyone that, and if you haven't listened to the last week's bacon bit, this will all be new to you. Mm-hmm. If you have heard it, then you get to hear it again. I'm sorry. But it's a good reminder because Bacon Sale has now gone into a... Gosh, I don't know. Version 2.0. Yeah, Bacon Sale is now... Did you see our image? (laughs) Oh my gosh, that image is so bad. It's so bad. We're legit now. I'm going to do the context for the image now. Photoshop elements now. If you go look at the image for our Bacon Bit where we launched our Patreon, that was actually one of the original uh, (laughs) mock-ups of what our logo could be. (laughs) And we all had a good laugh and then then tucked it away. Forever. It was on background Bacon Sale. Until it was found again just for that Bacon Bit. Perfect. So in case you were wondering why we were suddenly terrible at Photoshop, that's <laughs> the history of it. Um, but so we've also uh, we also announced in that bacon bit. And honestly, you should just go back and listen to that bacon bit because that's where it's going to be really explained. All the details. We also did a Facebook live video. So you can watch that as well. Yep. Go check that out. So at patreoncom slash bacon sale, uh, bacon sale is now a new creator. We've set up a system so that you can help support us and we can help give you more bacon sale content. Exactly. You can keep the lights on here in the bacon cave so that we can make more content. And we really want to make hours. we really want to make more content. We actually have lots of different 
different things that we want to do. And there's not a great channel to do it. And we also need some support to keep things going because, frankly, we do not want a bunch of ads on our show. And we don't want to tell you guys about, uh, you know, what jewelry to buy and things like that. And Right. Uh, we don't want cheesy sponsors that don't represent us. And in fact, like you guys are our sponsors. Like these cheesy, delicious tots I'm eating from Taco Bell. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> not a sponsor. Is that a real thing? Uh, no, actually, I think it's Burger King has the cheesy tots. Oh, there you go. You just cheesy, well. yeah. But another reminder, though, and I've mentioned this on the bacon bed as well, but you need to know here, if you sign up, and this is actually really cool, and I need to know how many days are left from this day. But you have until August 1st, and mm-hmm. if you sign up, you'll become you'll be listed as an official producer of Bacon Sale. I BaconSale.com. And also have your name immortalized in song. Yes. We will be singing, we or possibly Joel. <laughs> Actually, Jake. It's gonna you be, may be singing a song. I, I'm going to do a trio. It's going to be us three. We'll all join in. I'll yep. do it. No, yeah. Three-part yeah. harmony. And so if you do it by August I mean, 1st, if you donate by August 1st, you will become a producer and have your name immortalized on the site and in song. Yeah. So that's some of the incentives. And you've probably got like, I don't know, 10 days or so for that. Like, But go look at this point. But yeah, hurry. But, do it by August 1st so that we can get you that extra but, perk. But what we want to do is we want to thank everyone who donates and, and immediately and already in this first hour, we, have, awesome. we have a couple here. So, so thank you. Jake, if you wouldn't mind reading off their yeah. names. And thank so you very Magic much. Magic of Podcasting, this is actually from uh, last Wednesday when we first announced it in the first hour we had six people sign up so uh first person that signed up was uh, zachary weston Woo-woo. so thank you zach for being the very first one uh, from the podcast adventure is out there mm-hmm. oh nice uh and then we have mary cox thanks mary thanks Woo. mary uh next is misty peterson hey, Aww, misty. thank you misty yeah very nice of you all of you uh, uh sean sanquist thanks hey, sean, sean. <laughs> are these the shoutouts? Is it, is it count? These, yeah, are the these, shout are shout these are the shoutouts. Yeah. Uh, next is Porter Evans. What's up, Porter? Thank you, Porter. Porter. I like that your uh, avatar is from VeggieTales. So. And finally, Scott Sprague. Sprague. Scott Sprague. Sprague. Scott. Thank Scott, you. Thank you. Correct thank you. us if we got your last name wrong. Yep. I think it's Sprague. Really, yeah. really sorry, but we really, really, sincerely appreciate you uh, supporting us, supporting Bacon Sales, so we can keep this going. Like you are going to be the lifeblood of this continuing on because we uh, we need you. Yes. Yeah. So. There. All right, so what are we talking about today, Jacob? Today, guys, I got to say, I'm pretty excited about this one. <laughs> uh, he says that. No, he never it, says that. It feels sincere this time. It does it's, it, though? It's sincere every time. I have every to, like, he hasn't time. killed anyone today. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But I just have to wonder how much Jacob loves action movies. Uh, That's a great question. You know what? I chose Lethal Weapon as the intro because I grew up on Lethal Weapon. I, I liked that, it too. I thought that movie was amazing. One I used of the to best watch Christmas it movies ever. It really is, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. You don't you want know, to get into that. You kind of won me over with that just because I like Lethal Weapon so wait, much. Wait, wait. Yeah. It was R-rated. Uh, it's yeah. on TV all the time. It was Did on Did you TV. watch it on TV, Jake? Uh, sometimes on TV. My parents also had like the, the VHS of it, so I okay. watched it there. So you watched Lethal there Weapon. There was a couple of scenes I remember being pretty stunned by as a child. But right. Yeah. Uh, but no, my parents weren't necessarily so we're talking worried about, about it. Lethal Weapon today? Lethal Weapon. That's all we're going to talk about. Um, <laughs> so no, uh, we were going to talk about all action heroes, and it's time for them to face off. Oh. Is John Travolta on this list? To the He's death? <laughs> in, a, in a bracket style, you're saying, Jacob? In a bracket style. In a style, tournament? We have 32 action heroes that are going to face off in a two-part episode. Yes. Called Bacon Sale Action Hero Bracket. I mean, the, if you guys recall, come back with me here. The Let's year go. was 2015. Oh, what a special year. We were 19 and 20 episodes into Bacon Sale. Wow. Also and, years old. And we did the Tournament of Heroes, where <gasps> we had Optimus Prime 
and Superman and, and Merlin and She-Ra, like, <laughs> like the weirdest. random, random matchups. It was awesome, actually. And then we kept thinking, like, you know, that was fun to kind of go random, but like, what if we just limited it to just like, you know, one kind, one type, one type of thing? And so we decided to go with action movie heroes. Yeah. So action movie heroes. So we have 32 action movie heroes, and they are in four separate divisions. Joel, can you tell us about these divisions? And this goes back to what? Starting in what? The 70s? Is that the oldest movies we have here? I believe so. So 70s to present. Pretty much. Uh, and so the four regions, as you will, because, you know, brackets in sports talk, they have regions like Western Conference and Northern Conference and General Conference. They're all there. <laughs> but and there's yeah. a big dance and they have a ball and they all start dancing together. I don't think that's exactly how it is. Right. You get a boutonniere for one. No, that's prom. Oh, I never went to that either. <laughs> but uh, so you have these uh, these conferences and they are law and order featuring characters who you know, fit that role of kind of law enforcement or they're all about maintaining order. Okay. There you go. That's what law and order means. And then the next we have survivors and fighters. These are people who may not be trained classically, but were thrown into a situation and thrived and survived. Ooh, I like that. Then we have spies and assassins. This is the bread and butter of this bracket. This is right. where you get kind of the most iconic action heroes and killers. Like Johnny English. Yes, just like Johnny English. And our final our final section is called Soldiers and Mercenaries. Now, these these are I want to bring this up because these are like, you know, the ex-military, ex-CIA, ex-black ops who just, you know, kind of found their way into it or they're they're soldiers in the movie they're in. Right. Now, I want to bring this up because there's going to be some bleed between these because almost every character in an action movie seems to be ex-black ops or, yeah. you know, a cop a, of some Navy, sort an ex-Navy SEAL. Right. Yeah. But we kind of wanted to fit these together so that they were fighting equal levels, maybe until the end. And if you haven't heard of our bracket show style before, this is how it works. Uh, Joel picks one. Yeah. I argue. Yeah. Jake picks the the winner or based on the If you guys disagree. Yes. There's a two out of three thing. So if two out of three pick it, then it goes. If we disagree, then Jacob's going to be the tiebreaker. Exactly. And you guys have to convince me in this case. And and I think this show... You put your arguments up and I decide, yeah. I think this show is so challenging because I have favorites, but I know some favorites will not proceed past the first round because they may be going against someone they'd actually lose to in a fight. Yeah. And that's the thing. They're in... And now we've we've struggled with this before. What are the conditions of the fight? Whether it's a cage match or a Hunger Games-style arena or they're in space... Whatever it may be. In fact, be. I've created a battleground for each of these contestants. Have you? Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually like, the way it's worked like out Mortal is we Kombat. decide individual uh, battlegrounds. Well, and, and that, I think kind of what we decided is it's kind of a Hunger Games style arena where they're trapped in a, in a smaller area, mm-hmm. wide enough to you know move around. But, but they do have some of the resources. But we can usually. change the environment. Yeah, and they yeah. come with it's 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 like we said with the other uh, brackets. It's like if you get the toy of this, it's whatever accessories would come with it. Perfect. So there we go. There's okay. all the red tape. Let's jump into it. All right. So the first match is going to be John McClane. Yippee From Die Hard. Versus John Creasy. From Man on Fire. Man People on are going to be quite confused because uh, half of these characters are named John or Jack. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's a tough guy. There's a lot of that. <laughs> and Man on Fire, if people don't even remember... Uh, Denzel Washington. I, what year was that? 2004. It's actually a remake of a 70s movie as well. Yeah. Which I, I didn't, didn't even I, know. I learned that in my research. It was so weird. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, John McClane from Die Hard, Die Hard 2, Loaded Weapon 1, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Life, Live for Your Die Hard, and A Good Day to Die Hard. Wow. Can I can I just bring this up? Yeah, please do. I don't understand the term hard? Die Hard. It, it, as an English major, that does not make sense to me. <laughs> die Hard. Well, it was German. 
for the, it's the, not the, the, the hard. It's not German. <laughs> Probably. But no. There's I, a bad translation. It means I, hard to die. As much as I right. like that movie, and as much as I like John McClane character, I never have liked that name. It seems like an early 90s thing, like No Fear. Die Hard, No Fear. Yeah. But uh, John McClane played by Bruce Willis, John Creasy played by Denzel Washington, and Scott Glenn in the 1987 film adaptation. Exactly. With my research, I went for powers, I went for hobbies, maybe some of their issues that would hold them back. Exactly. In a good fight. Yeah. I mean, for example, John Creasy, in the movie Man on Fire, this guy was a Marine. He was an assassin for the CIA. He's kind of past his prime. But he is recruited for essentially a bodyguard mission. Well, because in in the in the movie, rich people's children are kidnapped and yes. then held for ransom. And so right. he is a bodyguard for uh, little Dakota Fanning. Yeah. And uh, making sure. In, in, in the original movie, it's in Italy. But in this movie, it's Mexico. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's why he's in the law and order category because he's kind of a bodyguard watching over a girl, and then she gets kidnapped, and then he goes all out and yeah, does, does some he's, real damage. He's, his powers are gun knowledge and torture. <laughs> Those are his powers <laughs> and or skills. Whereas yeah. you have John McClane, and he has marksmanship, hand to hand combat prowess, high intelligence, and he's quite re- resourceful. But these two both have their issues. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. John McClane, like he, he's a former smoker. He can't stop cracking jokes. He loves Captain <laughs> Wait, Kangaroo. Can't stop cracking jokes is a weakness. It, it might be in some of these because you he can't take keep your his t- shoes on. You take your yeah, exactly. Yeah. You take your time to make a joke, and you may get killed. But whereas John Creasy. He's, well, he's suicidal. He's an alcoholic. He has scars from being tortured before. Like, they both kind of have if, their demons. In John Creasy's bio, it says, John Creasy is burned out and pretty much dead on the inside and is a hard-drinking alcoholic. Right. And then uh, in John McClane's... Oh, yeah, he's a chain smoker who's described by the his inspector as two steps away from becoming a full-blown alcoholic. And then McClane jokingly responds, one step. I like that. Yeah. So I think these these guys should fight uh, on a cruise ship, actually, because <laughs> a cruise die hard ship. Why are they needs, on a cruise ship? Die hard needs to happen in like speed three territory. Why is John Creasy <laughs> on a cruise ship? He wants to retire. You know, he's dead on the inside. He's trying to revisit who he was, maybe, and enjoying life for a little bit. He just wants to feel again. He just wants to feel again. I can give you reasons why they won or how the fight would go. I do think if John Creasy had like a sniper rifle. There's a good chance John McClane is out, but John McClane would not make himself very visible for Creasy to do this to him. And I'm just saying, McClane, he survived car crashes. He's jumped out of uh, jumped off a plane, a building. He's beat terrorists, ninjas, hackers, Russians. He even survived radiation <laughs> and poison- terrorist, ninja, hacker, Russians. <laughs> I know. I was like, are these mutually exclusive? You're right. He survived radiation poisoning in Chernobyl. He fell into a pool in Chernobyl, and he was just fine. <laughs> John McClane is now a superhero, which is kind of not even fun to watch because the original Die Hard, he was just so cool. No, in the original Die Hard, he's a New York City cop in L.A. complete and at a in Christmas the worst possible party. circumstance. And then he suddenly get, has to do this. In fact, they always call him the reluctant hero. Right. Like, he's like, I don't want to do this, but there's no one else to do it, so I got to do it. So, in the movie itself, I'm sure John Creasy had a, a colorful career, but he killed 14 people. In Die Hard, uh, in the series, John McClane has killed 73. In the whole oh. series, though? Yes. Hmm. Wow. So, I'm going to go with John McClane. I'm, I played my hand pretty early. John McClane, because he's the guy you root for. And John Creasy, being suicidal, wouldn't really care if he's taken out of the equation. I'm also going to go John McClane. Let's go high five on that one. And it's mostly just because I feel like John McClane is a resourceful. Like he's one of those that will make do with what he has. Yes. Where I think uh, John Creasy is much more programmed into what he knows and what he can do. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to go up against either one of these guys. He will make someone hurt, honestly. Yeah. But you put these two against the other, it's got to be John McClane. 
I think he'll be pretty beat up by the end of this, though. But oh yeah, yeah. well, but almost all these action heroes end up bloody with like you know the cool bloody where it's like you know you got the cut on your head with the blood bring down, but you still got your face intact. Yeah, yeah, still look pretty. All right, the next one's going to be Luke Hobbs versus Jim Halpert. So Luke Hobbs from the Fast and Furious franchise, Fast Five, Fast Furious Six, Furious Seven, and the Fate of the Furious. Did you guys catch my joke in there? Wait, what did you say? Jim Halpert. Oh, Jim Halpert. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's Jack Jim, Ryan. Jim Halpert. Jack Ryan. So Jack Ryan, played by Alec Baldwin, Harrison Ford, Ben Affleck, Chris Pine, and now in an Amazon TV series, Junkers uh, and Now, uh, Luke Hobbs, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, a uh, very, very tough guy. Uh, he's a but former... Jim like, Halpert tough, though? Well, he's... <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Hobbs... Are you sure? I mean, he, he's all yogurt. <laughs> uh, Hobbs is a former agent of the Diplomatic Security Service, and he was asked to hunt down Dominic Toretto and Brian O'Connor. He's a super cop. He's, he's an Interpol super cop. super cop. Now, when we say super cop, he literally is the type of cop that will be like, I don't got time for a broken arm, and flex and break his Daddy's cast off. he's got to go to work. <laughs> And then you get He's Jack kind of Ryan. an amazing character, actually. Jack Ryan, he is CIA? CIA analyst. He's an analyst, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. an analyst. He was also in the Marine Corps. He was, but that's that's kind of the, and the, the future thing, president, is that by he's the way. one of those guys who's not supposed to be in the situation he's in, but he gets thrown into it, and he does pretty well. And he always comes out of it, like, scathed, but he still kind of saves the, the you know, save the country at least. Yeah, like, in Hunt for October, I'm pretty sure he, he comes out completely unscathed, maybe a little scratch or something like that. Right. But then, like, in Patriot Games and uh, Clear President, President Danger, Danger, Harrison Ford gets beat up really bad. And obviously they try to make him a little bit younger with Chris Pine, but then he just took on Wall Street and it didn't. I forgot that Chris Pine was Jack Ryan, to be right. honest. I was like, oh, well, They meant yeah. to make a series out of it and then nothing really happened. No. So here's the thing. Jack Ryan has such an incredible survival instinct. And I, I think that's why really he could go up against Luke Hobbs, even though Luke Hobbs is the giant rock. I mean, like Jack Ryan has survived the IRA, Colombian cartels, a helicopter crashes as well. Meanwhile, you have Luke Hobbs, who's just pure muscle. And honestly, it says he has very high intelligence. He couldn't even catch Vin Diesel and his crew. They're fast. And And furious. furious. (laughs) But I think... can resist that, huh? No. (laughs) This is tough. I I could barely... I'll go first if you want. Yeah, you go first, please. Well, I'm going to say Luke Hobbs. I think that the he's one of that's the single-minded. He's got a purpose. He's going to do that purpose no matter what. In fact, he says at one point, it's like, why are you chasing these guys? Like, the names came across my desk. I don't know why, but I'm doing this. He's an excellent marksman. He's got he's good at hand-to-hand combat. He believe he's brutal and he believes the end justifies the means. He's going to do what he can to bring his person in or in this case, kill them in the arena. And I think Jack Ryan, as much as I like the actors that play him, he really is kind of reluctant and 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 uh, he's a fish out of water. Yeah. And he doesn't thrive like uh, John McClane. Also, he is... You just want to watch Luke Hobbs punch Ben Affleck in the face a lot. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Okay. Maybe Alec Baldwin. That'd be a great movie. <laughs> he's a history teacher at the United States Naval Academy. Jack Ryan is. Nothing against teachers. No, but I'm just saying... If I'm just gonna against put, history. <laughs> if I'm going to put super cop against history teacher... Yeah, but like a... Super cop. A doofus super cop who becomes a criminal himself. Doofus super cop is my band's name in college. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> we were an acapella group. Look, you're right. There's only one guy <laughs> that like, I can't do it. only one guy that can kick a torpedo and get away with it. It's Luke Hobbs. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure Jack Ryan kicked a torpedo in Hunt for October, but oh yeah, you're right. probably while he's in there. Did he? Well, well, he's crawling around. Oh, but which movies would you Be rather watch? Be careful what you shoot at in here, Ryan. It's there are movies. I think both movies are kind of dad movies. The Fast and Furious are dumb action movies for dads, whereas the Jack Ryan series are you know movies your dad watches dramas. when he feels like actually like he's watching a smart movie. Yeah. Political thrillers. I am so sorry, Jack Ryan. It's it's Luke Hobbs. As dumb as that guy is. Sorry, Jim. 
All right, next round is going to be Martin Riggs. From Lethal Weapon 1, 2, 3, and 4, portrayed by Mel Gibson. Versus Harry Callahan. Feel lucky, punk. From Dirty Harry, Magnum Force, The Enforcer, Sudden Impact, and Deadpool. Oh, excuse me, The Deadpool. The Deadpool. <laughs> so the hobbies, of, like hobby for Martin Riggs is watching Three Stooges. Hobby for Dirty Harry is drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's the thing. Martin Riggs' hobby is like just shooting people. Yeah. Well, and that's thing is Martin, He's a wild card. Martin Riggs, uh, he, he joined the U.S. Army. He became Army Special Forces. He specializes training weaponry and hand-to-hand combat. He served in Vietnam uh, as an assassin under the CIA's Phoenix Project. Uh, he shot a guy in Laos from a thousand yards out. It was a high rifle and sh- high rifle shot right, in high wind. Sniper. Maybe eight or ten guys in the world could have made that shot. It <laughs> <laughs> was wonderful. Thank you. But he's also damaged. Extremely damaged. Wife, and once again, like Creasy, doesn't care if he lives or dies. No, he's kind of reckless in that way. And in fact, that's why uh, they, I mean, they put him on homicide. And he's this reckless cop. He's with a tragic Murtaugh, hero. Who's almost going to retire. And that's the And it works for and against him because he's willing to kill anyone. I actually looked at the kill count in the Lethal Weapon series, mm-hmm. and half of the kills are Martin Riggs. Nice. He will kill anybody just because. Yeah, he shoots a lot of folks. But then you get Dirty Harry. Dirty freaking Harry. And Clint Dirty Harry Eastwood. Go ahead. Make my day. So his skills are gun experience of all kinds, switchblades. He's a detective as well, so he's highly intelligent, and he's good at hostage, hostage negotiation and salesmanship. Well, that'll help him a lot. <laughs> Leadership, and basically, like, he is this loyal hero. He's an, also an anti-hero, if you've seen the movies before. Yeah. He is a cop that is willing to get his man at any means necessary. Well, and the funny thing is, he's kind of the, the prototype. Like, he was kind of the original loose cannon, doesn't yeah. play by the rules. There were ones before, but he was kind of the iconic, like... Oh, yeah, a cop who doesn't play by the rules. That's cool. And he spawned so many copycats. Right. So I think these guys are both a little dirty. So this is taking place in a trailer park. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to play my hand here. I'm saying it's Dirty Harry because he just doesn't care. Riggs is willing to lose because he doesn't value his own life. And Dirty Harry will actually get a shot without the need of feeling lucky. Here's here's where I'll disagree with you, Ken, because I'm going to say Martin Riggs. Sure. And it's because, yeah, in the first Lethal Weapon, he kind of has that struggle with, I don't want to live. But then he gifts the bullet to Murtaugh as a Christmas gift, if you recall. They're besties. And then after that, he's ready to do anything. But also, he has a wife and a child involved now uh, in the later Lethal Weapon movies with uh, Rene Russo. So he has a lot more to live for and a lot more to kill for. And he is tough. Martin Riggs is tough. He got completely, like blown away basically in lethal weapon three i want to say well he gets tortured in like all of them doesn't he oh he gets tortured and he survives but you're also leaving out the fact that you know dirty harry seems like a lanky guy but in the movies hand-to-hand combat is one of his specialties but okay here's the other thing hand-to-hand combat in 70s movies is basically throwing punches it's pimp slapping someone (laughs) 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 But then you get Martin Riggs, and he knows like Krav Maga and Capoeira, like that fight. He knows Capoeira. No, he doesn't. He may know Capoeira. He may know. But <laughs> he just made that up. He probably does. Well, look, he, here's the thing: you can be, you can throw a good several punch. Several styles of martial arts is what it you says. You can here. throw a good punch, but Dirty Harry has that Colt 45. No, but here's the other thing: so Martin Riggs, first of all, great sniper. Secondly, he carries his Beretta around. He's got that with him. Right. And thirdly, the guy, remember the fight scene at the end of the first one when they're fighting? Yeah, but he Gary, broke some lawn furniture and that's Gary about Busey. it. He, he was, there, was a, there was a downpour from a fire hydrant that got knocked over. His shirt was off and he jumps up and like wraps his legs around his neck and actually chokes out Gary Busey. <laughs> Harry Callahan's not going to see that coming. Dirty Harry d- is not going to see that coming. Dirty Harry doesn't need to see that coming because he already took, put two shots in him. No, I've seen, okay, 
Have you seen Dirty Harry Kent? Yes. Because I was going to say when the he's, first two anyways. Well, uh, yes. Yeah. But he's a snipe when he's trying to snipe things. He's not that good of a shot. He misses. I don't know if you remember that. No. I'm pretty sure that was one of the things. You're making things up again. Because I'm pretty sure that's what I was thinking. In his skills, gun experience, it's high proficiency with shots. It okay. was. <clears throat> but at the same time, he miss, he's, trying to get, he's trying to get what's his bucket, the killer on the roof, but he Who's misses. Who's the better oh, cop yeah, anti-hero? That. It's Dirty Harry. No, because he never I, needs to feel Mel lucky. Gibson, I'm telling you. He knows exactly who's the better anti-hero. Knows exactly how many shots he has left. CIA, CIA assassin versus... And by the way... A cop who doesn't play by the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think he Callahan got, loses his hold of his sidearm four <laughs> times during the course of the series. <laughs> and uh, one guy tries to kill himself while watching Three Stooges. But he doesn't. <laughs> That's a good story. <laughs> but he doesn't. <laughs> That's what he'd do. That's what Martin Riggs would do. He would start doing a Three Stooges routine. Isn't he a drug user, jab- too? Isn't Riggs a drug user? No. You know who takes out drug users? Dirty Harry. They call him dirty for a reason. No, I'm telling you right now, Martin Riggs would do the Three Stooges double eye poke in Callahan. He'd be He'll like, never get what that are you close? doing? Get off my lawn. <laughs> and then Riggs, bam, 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 unload. Please. Plus, as we know, Martin Riggs always wearing a vest. You Remember? Think, they did that what? drive-by shooting. That's true. Dirty Harry never needs a vest because he's never once ever shot at him because he got them first. No, he did not. Mm-hmm. All right. So just facts alone here. It seems like... The facts. <laughs> it seems like facts. Let me get back to the fact. It no, seems okay. like facts. Feels like facts. Right. Sale. No, here's what we're going to say instead. I think the only way Harry, Dirty Harry is going to kill Martin Riggs is if Martin Riggs is standing in front of him and has made no other effort, and then he pulls out his 45. Do you know why? And shoots him twice. He'll be in his trailer park, and he'll be watching Three Stooges. So, Because if Riggs, if Riggs' specialty is uh, sniper and hand-to-hand, and he's good with close range, uh, I don't think, and he's got all that. He'll experience try to snipe Dirty Harry, and Dirty Harry will be in his Cadillac. Dirty Harry's up there doing fisticuffs. And it's like bulletproof. <laughs> Aha! I think you gave him his due, Dirty Harry, and he deserved it. But this one's got to go to Riggs. <gasps> yes. Shame, shame. All right, so next match is going to be J.J. McQuaid, who I don't even know from Lone Wolf McQuaid, played by Chuck Norris. There we go. Let's let's just face it. Th- this movie. Uh, well, we'll get into it in a sec. Who's the next one? Versus Brian Mills. Brian Mills from Taken. Taken Two. And taken three. Those never existed. <laughs> Portrayed by Liam Neeson. Now he chose. Uh, there, there's other movies that Delta Ch- Force. Delta Force was immensely popular. He was right. in movies with Bruce Willis or uh, Bruce like, Lee. Was he? Okay. Um, well, actually, he was in movies with Bruce Willis with the Expendables. Yeah. But uh, the Lone Wolf McQuaid character uh, was a former oh former Marine. Yeah, was former he? Marine. He's Who's also now a, a Texas, Texas Ranger. Ranger. And it's actually this movie that Walker, Texas Ranger, was based on. But they couldn't get the rights to use McQuaid because that was the book and all that. So they said they just named it Walker, Texas Ranger. So Brian Mills, he's a former CIA agent, just like everyone else on this list. So he's highly intelligent. He has excellent detective skills, hand-to-hand combat, and guns and knives. His hobbies are hanging out with his daughter, barbecues with friends, and playing poker and watching TV. (laughs) Whereas J.J. McQuaid has a pet wolf, but he does have an issue. It's romance. So well, I, be- I believe this, ro- this, this battleground, this romance is taking place in the mountain wilderness. Oh, man. It could. It could. Okay. And, and right. Lone yeah. Wolf McQuaid, he lives in an old rundown house in the middle of nowhere with his pet wolf. I don't know. Brian Mills should be in the city, though. He can track anyone, anywhere. He, no, he, wants, he wants to be out with the wolves because they're gray. Okay. You okay, get it? Okay. Experience yeah. with wolves. Uh, but uh, also, J.J. McQuaid has a teenage daughter named Sally, and he has his ex-wife, who he's on good terms with, but he enlisted in the U.S. Army, and uh, or, no, he's a Marine. His son-in-law was in the Army, and he respected, they had mutual respect, or his future son-in-law, I guess, the boyfriend. I'm getting muddled. Right. 
So it, it feels wrong to put Chuck Norris versus anyone because Chuck Norris himself would just <laughs> no, right? win this entire bracket. No, here's the thing. But he's, I think he's humbled by his roles. I brought this up on the Heroes bracket. I'll bring it up again. I don't. I, I enjoy the Chuck Norris humor. Okay. But I think it is like a patronizing humor. Like, oh, yeah, Chuck Norris. He's so no, cool. He's, he's awesome. Did you know that Chuck Norris has a bear rug in his living room? No. It's not dead. It's just afraid to move. <laughs> See? <laughs> Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris for the win. No, here's the thing. Chuck Norris's roles haven't been great. His action movies, they made they made money for the early 80s, but that's kind of where it stopped. There's nothing really all that significant. Delta Force is okay to watch, but they're just bad movies you watch on a Saturday afternoon on TV. I know, but I'm just trying to understand, like, why? Like, why him? Why have all the action stars in the world, they went, that guy. That yeah, guy. The, the ginger beard. So I'm going to go with Brian Mills. Um, I think he he struggled with wolves before, but he also knows how to stop them. <laughs> so he can stop J.J. McQuaid's wolf. Also, McQuaid falls in love and he keeps too much collateral around. I think that's a weakness when you have an attachment to people. And I hate to say that because these are heroes and so there should be healthy attachments there. But McQuaid gets a little too involved. And This the, isn't about your personal life, Ken. Okay? These are action <laughs> heroes. Okay? I want to be an action hero. <laughs> but having too much collateral there, like I will say that Mills eats collateral for breakfast. So it's Brian Mills for the win. It's no joke, old, Joel. No, I, well, I was just thinking of how he's a very particular set of knives for his breakfast. Yes, <laughs> there you go. No, Brian Mills. He has a very particular set of skills. Skills he has acquired over a very long career. He's a retired CIA operative. He's divorced, as is uh, JJ McQuaid. Uh, and Brian Mills joined the United States Army at 21, and they joined Army Special Forces at 23. He worked. He joined the CIA and worked as a preventer, as he called it, a paramilitary officer. This this is actually a tough one for me. Because are you going Chuck, tough, Norris, Chuck Norris versus Liam Neeson? Or are you well, going it's because characters? I also have a hard time accepting Liam Neeson as an action hero. Like, but that first movie. No, no, no. He was so effective. He is. He is. But it's just funny to me that he's become this action star when yeah. I'm like, Liam Neeson? Yeah. Really? Like, so it's. I guess that's why I'm having a hard time with this because both of these guys I kind of look at and I'm like, Mer. but I've got to give it to Chuck Norris. Really? I think I do. You mean J.J. McQuaid, not Chuck Norris. Well, I think I do. It's hard to separate. (laughs) Well, let's just face it. We're doing Chuck Norris here, Kent. All right? It's Walker, (laughs) Texas Ranger. But I just see him. I mean, he's, you know, he's a hand-to-hand combat. He can do a lot of martial arts. Brian Mills, good with a weapon, but getting on in years. And this is Chuck Norris in his prime. Is it? I J.J. McQuaid. I'm so, okay, J.J. McQuaid, sure, whatever that means. But <laughs> Liam Neeson in Taken One, he takes on the entire European underground and, and destroys them. Guys who are 20, 25. Who cares about Chuck Norris, J.J. McQuaid at some age? These are guys that are the dirtiest of the dirty. It's basically the mob over there working in a really dirty circle. So guys that have not showered J.J. McQuaid, are right. worse. J.J. McQuaid was buried in his truck. And then when he wakes up hey. and realizes he's buried in a truck, mm-hmm. he pour, produces a beer and pours it over his face. Then, using his homemade supercharger system, he charges his truck through the dirt, miraculously breaking himself free. Wait, what? what? That's what it said. What does that even mean? <laughs> I think it invalidates the entire thing. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, I think it's the surprising guy who is just hanging out with his buddies, and then all of a sudden needs to call himself into action and track, because he's a great tracker, Track down the Texas Ranger and take him out. One word. Mm-hmm. Roundhouse. I know, right? He does other roundhouse. You don't think Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson? Electrocution. No. 
<laughs> like, he will electrocute <laughs> that roundhouse. Uh, I kind of wish I knew more about J.J. McQuaid, but at the same time, it probably doesn't matter. <laughs> like, like, okay. This is one of the harder ones, yeah, actually. It's tough, actually. Chuck Norris and Final one in the long Is that Chuck category. Norris? It's J.J. McQuaid, who no nobody knows. knows who that is. And Brian Mills, who has a very special set of skills. By the way, you want, speaking of... Uh, he didn't know anything about where his daughter was. She was in France... He was on a phone with a guy, and he tracked these guys down and no, found listen, his daughter. Listen, that's actually the thing that's working against him for me right now. How? Is because he's really motivated to save his daughter and take him, right? Well, I so don't feel like he was that motivated to do anything else. Like, but that's just it. So uh, in uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid, McQuaid's getting his trash kicked, and then this, his daughter Sally runs up to try to help him, and the bad guy strikes his daughter Sally, and then he starts to... Be, it says, provoking McQuaid into a frenzy of hits and kicks that defeats the enemy. <laughs> That's they're the same character then, because you it's hurt their daughter, kicks. they'll come after you. Here's the other yeah. thing. So the power of Chuck Norris. Uh, this film was originally rated R, but Chuck Norris appealed the decision to the MPA and succeeded in getting the film rated PG. Pansy! <laughs> <laughs> I think you should lose based on that. He was also his, reluctant to His punches to grow, and kicks are weak. He was Where, also reluctant to taken? grow a beard oh, and drink on screen because he wanted to maintain a good role Jake, model for children. Taken felt like an R-rated movie. Because he is that tough. Yeah. It is that sinister. This isn't the end of the world. This is like left brain, right brain thing going on. Because I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, okay, no, it's first totally. Round, first region okay. stuff. You know what? No, I'm going. Uh, oh, gosh. No, J.J. McQuaid wins. Oh, <laughs> I'm actually shocked by that. Chuck Norris. We're wow. pushing Chuck Norris. Are you surprised by that, It Joel? seems wrong to put Chuck Norris out in the first round. It kind of does. It kind of does. It kind of does. <laughs> All right, well, so we're through our Law and Order. J.J. McQuaid, who nobody has seen his movie. <laughs> Someone but out no, there it's Chuck in. Norris. It's Walker, Texas It's Reacher. not Chuck Norris it because is. Chuck Norris will win the whole thing. It's the character. <laughs> we uh, Just know it's that. Ch- it's Chuck know Norris. Know that based on your okay. Okay. Your okay. okay. So now we're into the Survivors and Fighters section. People that may have not may not be like classically trained, right. but are able to survive in situations. First up is going to be Indiana Jones. From some adventure movies you may have heard of. Versus Laura Croft. Tomb Raider. Yeah. So let's talk about their jobs. Uh, yeah, Indiana Jones, played by Harrison Ford and River Phoenix, I might add, is a professor of archaeology. Mm-hmm. Also, he was a military colonel? Uh, yes, he was rank colonel in the yes, United States. He's World a professor. That means Kent's going to vote against him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that was Joel who doesn't like teachers. And then you get History Laura teachers. Croft, who her story ranges all over the place. It does. Like, there's so many different versions, but she's a, an aristocrat or she's a bike messenger. Like, it just depends which version you're going with here. Um, but she is uh, very athletic and right. wields two double pistols. Indiana Jones, he is a little bit clumsy, a little bit silly, and carries a whip. And he has a oh, lot, a you lot are of luck. giving him no credit whatsoever. No, so his skills say excellent in hand-to-hand combat. Excellent. excellent. Marks- yeah, no, that's what it says. Excellent marksmanship, and this was off the Hero Wiki. Highly intelligent, photographic memory, and fluent in Hindi, German, Chinese, etc. Whereas I will say Lara Croft has a lot of skills like gymnastics, leadership, incredible resilience. <laughs> that's kind of cool, I that's guess. True. So I believe they are fighting in a tomb that's caving in. And I will say that Lara, she has a little bit of uh, youth working for her. They are both great shots. I mean, Indy can take out three guys standing in the line. But can I want to bring this easily. up? Yes. Because this is something, you know, I'm not, I'm not mocking Indiana Jones. He's one of the most iconic, cool characters ever. But producer Frank Marshall said, Indy is a fallible character. He makes mistakes. He gets hurt. That's the other thing people like, that he, that he has pain and takes pratfalls and sometimes be the butt of his own jokes. He's not a perfect hero. And his imperfections, I think, make the audience feel that with a little more exercise and a little more courage, they could be just like him. Uh, can you tell me who's the better hero? Who actually has saved the world from, I don't know, Nazis twice? 
Um, remember how from on the last show on the Heroes Bracket, you mentioned, you know, if Indiana Jones wouldn't have done anything, Hitler would have died because they would have brought the Ark to Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Hitler would have opened he it. was ready for His that. His face would be melted. He was ready. <laughs> That's true. You said that last time. <laughs> you know what? Lara Croft is such a failure that she can barely get past two movies before they reboot it again and again. Guess what would have ha- happened if the Nazis would have taken the grail across the seal? What? It would have collapsed and they would have died. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's not saving. He's it. fallible. He he's did, a hero. He did save children in Temple of Doom. This is what I think would happen. They'd flirt while they were fighting. But here's the thing. As the cave is crumbling, they both fall off this cliff. There's a deep ravine that's going to kill one of them if they fall off. But they're both falling. And guess who has the whip to whip up to a branch and save himself as they're both dying? Doesn't she have the ice pick? And the gymnastic skills? Gymnastic seals, how is that going to help you when you're falling to your death? A whip, attach a branch. You know what I've seen Lara, Lara Croft do with a branch? Get impaled by it. You've seen it too. All Lara Croft, have all Lara Croft has to do is pull out a snake out of her pouch and throw it at Indiana Jones. <laughs> Look, there's a snake charmer in this bracket and it is not Lara Croft. <laughs> he throws a snake at her. He drops his whip. She gets it. She gets out. She does have the ice pick too. But, I'm, I'm, but I'm going with Indiana Jones. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good fight though. Indiana Jones. Well, this, oh, this no. is one of those where, like, literally she could win any point, but I have to go with my favorite here. I do, too, because I, I had a hard time with this one just because she has the double guns. She could shoot. Indiana Jones, though, is very good at dodging bullets, and he's also very clever about whipping guns out of people's hands. Honestly, for him, I think it's the luck factor. Indiana's yeah. oh, totally. got, like, a really high, like, 10 well, out of 10 luck factor, and Laura's got, like... A zero out of ten lock. Like it feels like she's and always being brutalized. If you've ever played her games, she can't even jump to ledges. Like it's really t- <laughs> she no, just kind of runs no, into yeah, them. Yeah, very pixelated. Yeah. All right, but Next. the two archaeologists, I think that you know, good good matchup and Lara Croft, well done. But it's Indiana Jones. All right. Next up is going to be Ellen Ripley from Alien, Aliens, Alien Three, and Alien Resurrection, portrayed by Sigourney Weaver. Versus Max Rockestansky from Mad Max, Mad Max Two, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, and Mad Max Fury Road, portrayed by Mel Gibson and Tom Hardy. I had no idea that was his last name. Rockestansky. That's the stupidest last name ever. Rockestansky. By the way, we did. Let's let's name our our character Rockestansky. But it's Mad Max. You don't need to know (laughs) Rockestansky. What is this called? Mad Rockestansky. Stevens. You know. I don't know. Rude Rockestansky. It's because it's Australia. They're weird there. Ellen Ripley, her, her career is she's a warrant officer and a lieutenant first class. And Mac Rockatansky is a senior MFP officer. Now, we had Ellen Ripley in the original Heroes bracket. Yes. We actually had Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones beat Han Solo. Actually, Chuck Norris got defeated by combo. Captain America. <laughs> and then we, <laughs> what a show. we had Ellen Ripley versus Sarah Connor. And Ripley actually won that one. Huh. Okay, so Ellen Ripley has the survival instinct. I think that's what her role in Alien and Aliens and all the whole series is. I think in Alien, she's a survivor. She's a fighter in Aliens. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And with a big suit and everything. But I do think luck kind of rules all. I mean, she is faced in front of an alien several times and something always happens where the aliens kind of are in love with her or revere <laughs> it's not her later in a ones. way. And <laughs> yeah, it gets, that's not right away. It gets really, really weird. So she doesn't die, even though she could it several times. And so Max is kind of like an alien. So he's going to fall in love with her and then... Well, here's, get the here's thing. This is a is really good fight. Like, I think this takes place in a junkyard, right? I think that... In um, space? In space. It could be in a space. A junkyard. In yep. space! Oh, a Mad Max in space. I'm so ready for that. That yeah. seems more Oh, a long chase scene in space where they can go, only go so fast so they can't get too close, but not close <laughs> enough for phasers. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so Max's skills are intelligence, fighting, strategy, leadership, driving skills, obviously, firearm, and knife wielding. I'm going to go with Mad Max. 
Because I think this guy, he's ready to fight even when he doesn't have nourishment. The guy runs when he doesn't have water, when he doesn't have food. That's what the entire series is about. There's no oil. There's no food. But the guy can still fight for his life. They're both survivors. Yeah, the whole group's survivors and fighters. Right. But I feel like Max, yeah, great driver. But, you know, I just don't think he's as much of a fighter. Like, you think of Ellen and her bravery. Yeah, Ellen Ripley. Uh, her, her bravery coming her out, underwear coming out at that in the mech suit at the alien being like I got this she outsmarted so many aliens and avoid getting her her like the face huggers on her she is good at what she does and she's a fighter and she would take down Mad Max do you know what would take down that mech suit a car a car has to just run into the legs this thing is no the mech over. suit would just like right into the hood smash the engine and a car would knock her over you don't think the force of a car would knock over that mech suit Maybe, but she just demolished the, the car in the yes. process. Oh, so Ripley, she has a cat, which is like a good helper, but Max has a dog. A dog's going to take down that cat <laughs> and then dog. go after Ripley. <laughs> a dog is going to take. It's ridiculous. Also, here's why I think Max wins. This is why. Okay, let's hear it. Max, in the, in the latest movie, Fury Road, has had a face mask over his face. And so just in case Ripley throws out one of these face huggers to stop him, he's safe. (laughs) He will not be impregnated by a face hugger. And he will be able to keep fighting. Mad Max. What weapons does she have? She is like 90 pounds wet. She has a flamethrower. First of all, okay, that's going to come with her. She also has a the mech suit. We talked about that. That's a weapon in itself. Mm-hmm. But Mad Max, the dude got his knee blasted out in the first Mad Max movie, and he's been limping ever since. The whole second movie, he has a brace on. He's got a bandage on in the third one. In the fourth one, he's played by a different character because uh, the other one's knee gave out. So You mean the other one said some racial slurs and then played could by be a different character? <laughs> that could be. So, you mean a guy that has actually survived all four of his movies instead of dying and becoming the clone and not being able to protect anyone he loves? She's Ellen Ripley is was not a soldier to start out with, but as the movies progressed, she got colder, harder, and more warrior like. These her, shows always go so long. Her biggest accomplishment <laughs> is the longest recorded hypersleep. Yay! <laughs> she killed aliens. I don't understand why you're not. They getting fell this. in love with her. It, she had those okay, movies Zeno, are so convenient for not killing Ripley because she usually sits in the back with with Paul Reiser and watches everyone else die. She defeated a giant creature well, with acid blood, space vents, and stuff. I think right? she can take on a guy in black leather. In a car. She's going to see him. In the coolest him. car No, here's the thing. Ever. She's going to see Mad Max in the black leather and think he's a xenomorph and take him down. <laughs> no. No, that's it's not going to happen. Because he's not going to fall in love with her like all the other aliens. She's, oh, she's got Mother. a har- she, harpoon gun, flamethrower, mech suit. Mad Max has, well, a car as long as the gas runs. A shotgun, any other gun, his fists, his actual brutal strength. Jake, you're going to have to pick. Well, I got to tell you, I've been Max this whole time, but Joel's making some really good arguments. <laughs> By naming weapons that anyone could use? That she well, used could, in the movie. That she's younger, used in your, your, yeah. How could, like, he, how could he not take those weapons? Can remind t- me, how did, how did Max make his big escape from uh, Mad Max Fury Road when he was in the mask and chains? How did he get out? Furiosa, who was awesome. So he had help from a woman. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, you cannot even so say here comes, that. So here comes Ripley. She's like, I'll help you. <laughs> Dead. Ripley basically waits there until everyone else is dead and manages Ripley to survive. Ripley is Furiosa before Furiosa was Furiosa. Hardly. <laughs> get real and get right. <laughs> oh, man. She sits and waits for everyone else to die. Mad Max. And everyone else does die. I think Max would have a hard time with hurting a woman because he's also scarred from the death of his wife and child. 
And he doesn't. He doesn't like to kill women and children. You know Max, that. Max doesn't like to. But he will in this case. Do you think Ellen is going to be a yeah, I'm going to kill this Call guy? Call her Ripley. Stop calling her Ellen. Otherwise, <laughs> Ellen, I think it's Ellen. Ellen DeGeneres. She dances so much. <laughs> she has the best guests. But look, I think even weapons aside, let's say the, the harpoon gun that you brought up stops yep. working. The flamethrower stops working, right? Because the there's no gas in this world. So how is a flamethrower going to work if... If I'm, I'm always space, amazed at so, Mad Max movies. So are they just in a junkyard and they're fighting each other and there's yeah, no toys? Yeah, let's say they're in a junkyard, but you can grab anything you want, but it is actual brutal So she would strength. build herself a mech suit while she was in the junkyard and take down Mad Max. <laughs> while he hits her with his car. No. Immediately. He's going to be driving around being like, I'll find you. Yeah, there's so many mech suits in a junkyard, but no cars, right? She'll Ripley is pretty resourceful, honestly, if, if there's anything that she does well. She surrounds herself with a team that dies first. That's all she does. <laughs> and Mad Max... Mad Max survives four movies in the barren wasteland. He, Mad Max cannot form personal relationships with anyone. Every, know, every time he is? gets around a group, he Joel, does whatever he needs to do. If you were in the zombie apocalypse, off. wouldn't you be by yourself? Yes, you would. He that's can't really how you form survive. Sentences either. No, I'd have an entourage. That's in the that's in the last movie. Yeah. In the other movies, he talks frequently. Well, can't this one's on you? Because I was Max all along, but man, that Ripley argument is pretty good, Joel. Well, you just made up weapons. <laughs> I didn't make up any of that. Flamethrower, grappling I, hook. I already wrote Max down, but I'm going to have to backspace that out and put Ripley here. Yay! <laughs> all right, next match. You guys ready? Yes. Paul Kersey. From Death Wish, Death Wish 2, Death Wish 3, Death Wish 4, The Crackdown, Death Wish, then Death Wish 5, The Face of Death. Wow. Play, played by Charles Bronson and Bruce Willis. I was going to say, and Bruce Willis, right? Is that his name in the Bruce Willis one, too? Paul Kersey. And versus Katniss Everdeen. <laughs> From Hunger Games, Hunger Games Catching Fire, Mockingjay Part 1, and Mockingjay Part 2. So Portrayed by Jennifer Lawrence. Paul Kersey from Death Wish. In, if, if, as Charles Bronson, he's an architect. As Bruce Willis, he's a surgeon. <laughs> Kersey's father was an English-American who, originally, who originated from Northern England, and his mother comes from Provo, Utah. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Katniss Everdeen didn't really have a job. She was just kind of a, you know... Worker B. In the coal miner district in District 12. Right. And then you get to Paul Kersey. She got Kersey. free bread. Kersey served in World War II, and he was served in the Korean War in the Medical Corps. He's an architect. Yeah. Uh, he grew up around guns and is a good shot. Actually, in the new version, he's, he, a doctor, he's right? self-taught. Yeah, he's self-taught. Yeah, he's a doctor. It's weird because anyone in, in Kersey's life, like it's usually his family dies or someone related to him dies and he goes crazy. But by like... I read that by four and five, he actually just enjoys it. He enjoys yeah, more of a sadist. killing. Yes. But then you get Katniss Everdoon, who wasn't born into it, but then she volunteers as tribute, and she becomes a ruthless killing machine who also loses a lot of members of her family, and it drives her to become more cold and more sadistic. Yeah, and so I haven't really picked a winner here. I'm going to have to just go here, but she, when she gets cold, she just gets PTSD and kind of shuts down. Like, I noticed that in the movies, that it kind of became boring because she doesn't really do anything. And I wouldn't really say she's a ruthless killer because she's only killed 10 people in The Hunger Games. <laughs> only 10 people? Paul Kersey, 150. What? Whoa! <laughs> During the franchise? Yeah. 150. But wow. I, I would know. say Katniss Everdeen is a product of those around her, like PETA dressing up as cake, and or whatever he was, a tree branch. But I do think she got lucky based on the rules... Of the Hunger Games, based on the Tracker Jackers. But or I just you name feel it. like, I feel like, where, where are they fighting, by the way, Kent? Uh, let's say the streets of the capital on this one. Okay. So in the middle of a city, essentially. Because here's the thing, is I feel like long range, Katniss definitely has the upper hand. Like with the archery and whatnot. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then also she's really good at setting up traps. Uh, but I think close range, that's going to be Paul Kersey, just because he's brutal up close. 
well, do you want to hear a really tragic backstory behind this fight? The reason these two are fighting? Okay. No. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> go for it. Apparently, President Coyne, played by Julianne Moore, was Paul Kersey's sister. Oh, no. Yeah. And remember, spoiler alert, she kills President Coyne at the end of Hunger Games. So her, her death actually brings Paul Kersey to town, and he's willing to go through every district I- district to get Katniss. And look, she has the youth. She has, she has speed, stamina. She's agile. She's a marksman. But... Paul Kersey has the drive and he's just a ruthless Kent, killer by Kent, the end. Kent. Katniss is a skilled tree climber <laughs> <laughs> and she has a singing voice that is so beautiful that birds stay quiet to listen. <laughs> <laughs> this from the Wikipedia. <laughs> so you're going with Paul Kersey? Yeah, Paul Kersey. Well, here's my thought on this because okay. I, I have, I have, you know, the show's very long. Yeah, already, I haven't, I haven't right? made any decisions. Like I tried not to make any decisions until we started recording. But I thought about it, and the more we talk about it, I feel like Paul Kersey was put into a negative situation, and he became the darkness. Whereas I feel like Katniss was put into a negative situation, and she thrived, but she's broken because of it. And so I think i got to give it to Paul Kersey as well. Yeah, I feel like she just became lethargic. Instead of embracing what it takes to be a vigilante, she became lethargic, and she hooked up with PETA in the end. That was all the way the wrong idea. Yeah. Hooked up. <laughs> They had a hookup. She should have gone with Gail. We all know she should have gone with Gail. Uh, Gail was a bad guy at the end, too. All right. Kersey it is. Okay. Next up. We are almost halfway. <laughs> this is what we do. Oh, man. Uh, Dominic Toretto. From all the Fast and Furious movies, except for Too Fast, Too Furious. And Tokyo Drift, except for Cameo. He's in it. Barely. He's in it. He is. Versus Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. From Terminator, Terminator 2 Judgment Day and Terminator Genesis. Uh, portrayed by Melinda Hamilton and Amelia Clark. This is an interesting matchup. So Dominic Toretto, I, instead of focusing on skills, I want to talk about like his criminal activity, which escalates by the movie. For example, he's actually put in prison uh, that he gets out of recently before the first movie because mm-hmm. of assault. Then it's Grand Theft Auto. Then it's just straight up theft that he tries to steal from the cartels. Illegal street races, a pr- prison fugitive, and then by the end, he's a rogue agent. He's, be- he's used all that... To form a career as an age, a super agent, super cop, and he becomes a rogue agent. So the Interpol is after him again. When's mm-hmm. the next one come out? Uh, I don't know if they're going to make it at this point because uh, Luke Hobbs is getting his oh, own movie. because he's getting his own. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and there's been some kerfuffle behind the scenes. Oh, a kerfuffle. Yes. And where Sarah Connor, her job? Waitress. Oh, come you, on. You don't mess with a waitress. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm messing around, Joel, obviously. Please. So here's my argument. I'll, I'll play my hand right oh, okay. now. Okay, go ahead. Dominic, Vin Diesel, he lives life a quarter mile at a time. Nothing else matters. That's all he's doing. The short game. Sarah Connor, she's in Mm -hmm. for the long game. When she found out her future, she was planning. Like John Connor said, she dated guy after guy after guy, all these mercenaries, learning different skills because she knew she had to prepare her son and prepare herself for the apocalypse. So she's going to date Vin Diesel first? Is that so I'm saying she is one who plans and prepares and would be ready for this fight where Vin Diesel would be like, after we're done with this barbecue, how about we fight? Let's say grace first. Start Everyone a family. family. Bang! Dead. <laughs> Joel, no fate but what we make. Sarah Connor is a self-trained marksman, like you just said. Right. Like she is she has decided to become a vigilante. She was a very weak person. The character arc for Sarah Connor was fantastic in that series. Her gun explosive knowledge could easily take down someone that drives fast. She, all she needs to do is build a timed mind, put it in his Dodge Charger Daytona's engine. He's done. Well, here's what I think. Here's what I think. This is how I see it playing out. Okay. 
they get in hand-to-hand combat. Vin Diesel, he's a good fighter. Like, he, he takes on The Rock a couple times. Right. Even and though he's he, significantly shorter. He beats down Sarah Connor to the point where she's laying down on the road. He goes back to get in his car and run her over. And when he turns that ignition, boom, she's rigged the car to explode. Remember how tough she was in T2? So tough. That is that is a reasonable like, scenario. I can see the story going like that. All right. Sarah Connor for yes. the win. Holy cow. Sarah Connor. You agreed on Sarah Connor. Oh, totally. All right. We're done with Survivors and Fighters. Now we're into Spies and Assassins. This is a big one. This, this will take us the most already. amount of time. This is already a long episode. <laughs> Next match is going to be James Bond. From 24 official Bond movies and two unofficial Bond movies. Unofficial ones, huh? Played by Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, Daniel Craig. Versus The Bride. From Kill Bill, Volumes 1 and 2, played by Uma Thurman. So James Bond, he's an MI6 00 agent. Where's The Bride? She is a high-ranking assassin of the Deadly Vi- Viper Assassin Squad. She is Black Mamba. Black Mamba. Beatrix Kiddo. Her codename is Black Mamba. Indeed. The, the skills for these are, this actually took up half the page of my notes, honestly. <laughs> for the bride or for James Bond? For both. The bride is, is you know, like high-level kung fu, lockpicking, stealth, intimidation, swordsmanship, high intelligence. Her kill count is 76, right? Okay. James Bond, I can't even begin to talk about the skills they have on the site because he's basically a superhero, except I didn't know this. A little kinesis is one of his powers. A little kinesis. A little kinesis. And I try to Google that. Like, which movie does James Bond have telekinesis? Oh, telekinesis. Telekinesis. I think you said a little kinesis. It says a little telekinesis. Oh, telekinesis. I don't know why it says that, but I'm using it as one of the skills because I thought you it's said fun. he's got a little kinesis. And it's <laughs> That's like, what I said. I is this a disorder or a is this a euphemism? Like, what is going he on? He can fly. That's a, no, I'm just kidding. But, you know, they're both strategists. I do... Th- oh, man, this one's tough. His kill count is 362. But remember, that spread across... 25 so, films. Yeah, 25, 24 films. It's kind of, it's hard because the bride, she has survived so much. Well, like survived death. Near death twice. Yes. And then came out on the other side. And Kicked was out able, of her own coffin. And she's one of the only people who knew the five finger death punt. Five point, five point palm exploding heart technique. <laughs> so here's the thing. That's ridiculous. So I think this takes place in a casino. Okay. I mean, it does seem With like a it's... a really good soundtrack. Can you imagine the oh, soundtrack from oh, this movie? Oh, it would be amazing. I do think James Bond will, he'll try to charm her. It's one of his skills. So I'm not saying try. He also actually, one of his downfalls. If he tries to seduce the bride, he may not wake up the next morning. Indeed. Right. Like she doesn't really trust men all that much after what happened. But she is also kind of reliant on others based on like her history, whereas he's been a lone wolf his entire life. Right. So I, I do think that um, he will surprise her. Because she'll be looking for him because she's, she's a good tracker and he'll just come right out. And because he's James Bond, he can't disguise himself and he'll say, hi, my name is James Bond. And she will not even be ready. So she'll have to find a weapon. She'll probably find some blades. She'll probably find some knives. Right. Right. And so all she has to do is just go and cut his arm off because she's very used to cutting off limbs. Yep. Right. But James Bond, even when his arm is outstretched, his watch will have a flashbang grenade in it. So boom, blinds the bride. Probably knocks her out. He'll break her legs. And then, oh. and then he'll make a run. He breaks her yeah, legs? No, listen. Why and, is he breaking her legs? Because listen, he'll do it for this reason. He'll say, looks like you won't be a runaway bride now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whose voice it was. It's the new Bond. Want <laughs> a runaway bride? It's a little so, Sean Connery. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think, Joel? Look, I actually so think you're this say, is tough. You're saying Sean I think Connery? either one could win. Are you but saying James Bond? James Bond will barely win. His skills are just triple the amount that she has. I just, 
it, it, this wasn't an easy, this isn't an easy one to do. Right. Because I feel like, I mean, the bride took on the crazy eights, crazy, 88, crazy, yeah. crazy 88s. Like that's a, that's a big group of people. Right. But I feel like James Bond has taken on so many villains exactly like Beatrix Kiddo. Yeah. Where they're really good at martial arts and he's able to thwart them through gadgetry and through his own fighting skills. I think it's got to go James Bond. Yep. James Bond. And honestly, I think it's the gadgets that put him over the edge. Yeah. All right. Next up is going to be Leon Montana. From The Professional, played by Jean Reno. Versus Ethan Hunt. From Mission Impossible 1, 2, and 3, Ghost Protocol from Rogue Nation and Fallout, played by Tom Cruise. Did I tell you guys I binge-watched that series last week? Mission Impossible? Yeah, I watched all but two. And? They're really good. Wait, all but two you need of to, the no, shows are all no, but Mission all Impossible but 2? Mission Impossible I'm not going to watch the John Woo no, one. No, you need to watch two because it kind of gives uh, perspective. It's all just so bad. One. There's a motorcycle jousting scene. I know, I know. That's <laughs> Where they I bear hug. It. The last time I decided I'm going to revisit that, I really regretted it. So Jean Renault, or I, Le, Leon, no, we'll call him. I actually want to know if the audience is familiar with Leon. No. Let's ask him. Audience? <laughs> yes. Go ahead and say something. Uh, he's right he's an Italian hitman or cleaner uh, living a solitary life in New York City's Little Italy. Right. So the and it's uh, I think it's Natalie Portman's first role. I think, yeah. was she 12? I think she was right on that. And Gary Oldman yeah, so chews she, up the scenery. She plays a little girl whose family was just killed by this group, by dirty cops, essentially. Yeah. And she goes to Leon, who's a very quiet man. He doesn't want to, kind of like a lot of these hitmen in this list. He, he spins, doesn't. Go ahead. Yeah, he doesn't want to be part of this life anymore, but he's thrust back into it to protect this little girl. He spends his idle time engaging calisthenics, nurturing a houseplant, and watching old films. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Whereas we have Ethan Hunt. He's a former U.S. Army Ranger, IMF, which is Impossible Mission Force, which I love that name. He's a field agent and a team leader. Yeah. And he can hold his breath for six minutes. And they're both trained yes. assassins. I mean, uh, you get obviously Leon is, that's what he does. He's a professional cleaner, quote unquote. He takes care of things that need cleaning. But then you get Ethan Hunt, who knows things like clandestine photography and extraction <laughs> techniques and parachuting and repelling from helicopters, Everything. dry and wet demolition. So I think this battle takes place on the Eiffel Tower Ooh, because it's yeah. got to be a big set yeah. piece. And I mean, I haven't seen the new mission. Sweeping camera, yet. drone shots. This yes. is going to be good. And I do think, look, if you've seen The Professional, you know that Leon in his apartment building can protect himself very well when he hides. Yeah. Like anyone comes in, it's almost like he'll take him out in the tunnels, essentially. Like it is really tough to get him if he is like like a mouse caught in a corner, like he will fight back. Ethan Hunt can kind of go anywhere. And if you remember, Jean Renault is in Mission Impossible, the first one. He is. And he's dirty. Yep. And Ethan Hunt takes him down. Yep. This is how it's going to go. So I don't think Leon has any notable skills other than hiding and killing anyone who gets close. Is he the helicopter pilot? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So here's what Ethan Hunt will do. He will dress up as Matilda, young Natalie, Natalie Portman, Portman. With the mask. And he will come up and be like, with the Leon, mask. I'm back. I'm back, Leon. Protect He's about the me. same height as a 12-year-old girl. Exactly. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> this is perfect. And Leon will say, oh, Matilda, welcome back. And then all of a sudden, Ethan Hunt, boom, shoots him right in the face. Done. Or gives him that gum with the red light, green light, and has him chew it. As That's he... very elaborate. Yeah. I mean, already it's pretty elaborate. <laughs> You want some so, gum? So, Joel, what do you think? Uh, I think that Hunt is a master of disguises, stealth, espionage tactics, and according to his profile, he has been taught the Brazilian martial arts of capoeira. Everyone knows capoeira, according also to you. Ellen Ripley knows capoeira, it's according Ethan to you. Hunt. It's Ethan yes. Hunt. All right, next match. Jason Bourne. From the Bourne Identity, the Bourne Supremacy, the Bourne Ultimatum, and Jason Bourne. But notably from images from the Bourne Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> images and his name carved He's into the He's on a bunk yeah. bed. Yeah. Portrayed bunk by bed. Exactly. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> Uh, likeable Matt Damon versus Frank Martin from Transporter 1, 2, and 3 portrayed by Jason Statham. Did you guys watch the third one? 
Yeah, yes. it's a hideous movie. Well, they're so not. Bad. None of them are like Academy no, Award winning. I really enjoyed the first one. You enjoy the first one, but it's bad. The dialogue is terrible. Yeah, but it's, it's but yeah, the transport really endearing. Like I think most people know Jason Bourne movies about a guy who doesn't know who he is, and they're all the same movie. But he tries to find out who he is, but he knows all these super, you know, super spy techniques. Right. So he's a former CIA agent. Yes. Whereas Frank Martin, he's a former special forces guy, uh, specifically search and destroy unit. And the transporter is all about this guy who is well, he's a transporter. He drives a car. Right. Point A to point B. Don't look in the trunk. Don't ask about it. No names. This is what I do. But he's also very skilled at killing people if it needs to be. So actually the kill count for each of these guys is just around 30. Like for there's both? a real notable mm. difference here. Okay. Um, I do think this will take place at a car dealership. I think this would be the perfect a fight for them. car dealership? Both. Yes. Think about it. It's, it's all polished and everything, but they could take, I mean, they could break down any car, make any weapon at that point, or just fist fight. Because these two kill it when they fist fight. It would be a fist fight. That'd In be fact, great, actually. One of my favorite I scenes. See I, well, I think it's going to start at the car dealership. It mm-hmm. would turn into a car chase, and then they both get in a oh, crash, and then it would it. turn into a fist fight. I love it. Yep. I, actually, I will <laughs> okay. say. I green light that movie. Let's go. <laughs> I think anyone would watch that. Remember the scene? Wasn't the Jason f- Statham in one of the Bourne movies? No. No? no? Okay. Who Everyone else was, Clive but not Owen, Jason Bourne. Uh, Maybe Clive Owen is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, um, Carl, I am thinking Carl of Clive Owen as well. Yeah. I am because of the hire. It's the BMW film where he yeah. was a transporter. Yeah. He was helping yeah. a kid. So remember that the fight scene where Jason Statham put the kicks off the bike pegs or the <laughs> yeah, bike pedals, yeah. and then you know he's walking. That was awesome. Fighting on the in, the, in, the, in the tar. It's yeah. so great. Yeah. <laughs> and if that was Jason Bourne, you'd see that scene, but there'd be like nine hundred shots because it's just so spastic. So their skills are kind of similar. There's like explosive marksman skills. Um, I do think Frank Martin has perfect control when driving. The only reason I'm giving this win to Jason Bourne. You're giving it to Jason Bourne. Is because people will get mad if he doesn't go past the first round. <laughs> no, no. Here's, here's, a, here's a better reason. I actually reason. like Frank Martin he's actually He's actually enhanced. Like he's physically enhanced, uh, Jason uh, Bourne. Uh, but if you follow the rules of Bourne legacy, mm-hmm. if he doesn't take his pills, he gets dumber. That is that loophole, which is so, so stupid. Why did they do yeah, that? Well, I'm not they, The midi-chlorine of the franchise with They that. really did. So if that's the rule there, it's the worst. Well, then we assume he's taking the pill then. <laughs> Matt Damon's the taking the pill. He's on the pill. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, I just have to put Jason Bourne ahead, even though he's my least favorite here, just because it's Jason Bourne, people will get upset. And I'm gonna have to go with the, with Frank Martin here. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm glad you did. I'm well, gonna go, well, only because I feel like Matt Damon is like this reluctant type of I don't want to fight, but I will if I have to. And he's more about surveying. And like if he gets attacked, yeah, he'll engage. But I really don't think he wants to be part of this fight. Whereas Frank Martin, I think he's like, okay, this is my job. This is what I got to do. And he will beat down on Matt Damon. Like I, I think Jason Statham, I mean, you've seen him fight. He's got some serious skills. Oh, yeah. And I think also he's very good at explosives and, and uh, creating traps and things like that. So I think Frank Martin, I, I actually think what it would end up being is after, after they leave the dealership, do the car chase, after they do the hand-to-hand combat, Matt Damon is going to get like think he win, think he wins and walk away and then Jason Statham's going to come around the corner or he's going Matt Damon's going to walk around the corner look down the alleyway and Jason Statham's going to be sitting there in a car revving the engine go right towards him and knock him off into a pier so and then he'll basically get what Mad Max would have done to Ellen Ripley okay that's <laughs> We know how that worked out. It's actually, I really don't like the last Jason Bourne movie. I don't love any of them, but he he becomes so resourceful all of a sudden without a team of helpers. You know, he grabs like earplugs at a convention and they become like these super spy like hearing pieces. I thought you said you liked Mission Impossible. No, that makes sense because they have the the gadgetry. Jason Bourne is always the one man team. That guy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I will say that 
the the driving skills of Frank Martin and knowing how to control your car that way. Because Matt Damon can survive a car crash. Look, Joel, I'm I'm saying this right now. I want to say Frank Martin. I really do. But I'm worried about the backlash we will get if Jason Bourne gets out this first round. Jake, this is on you. I'm not worried about the backlash. The fact is, Frank Martin, I think, would be the aggressor here. And then what would happen, the way I see it playing out, is Frank Martin tries to surprise him. He, he knocks Jason Bourne down. Like, there's a, there's a surprise. And Jason Bourne gets up. You know, he finds a magazine and a pencil. <laughs> a brochure at the car dealership. <laughs> you know? and, uh, and he jumps back up. And because he's enhanced... I think he, I think he, but it's temporary. A, Remember a that brutal fight through a brutal, brutal fight. He takes Frank Martin down at the end. Right. So Jason Bourne. I'm okay with that. Okay. If it was uh, Jason Statham versus Matt Damon, Matt Damon is so dead. Right. <laughs> he's like a murdered. He's, yeah. It's basically like a, do- a guy beating up on a dog at that point. Oh. Right? <laughs> it's like not even fair. It's just brutal. <laughs> it's just sad. Especially fat Matt Damon. Oh. <laughs> All right. Next match is Hit Girl. From Kick Arse 1 and Kick Arse 2. Played by Chloe Grace Moritz. Moritz. <laughs> this isn't even fair. Versus John Wick. From John Wick and John Wick 2, played by Keanu Reeves. And soon this, to be John so Wick you say 3. it's not fair, Jacob, but I tell you what. This is a great matchup. This would be an amazing movie, and it would be seriously edited on clear play. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> yes, would. It so Hit Girl Skills, she's a highly lethal martial artist. Mindy McCready, please. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. Uh, crime fighting, she's a vengeful fighter, which really propels her to start killing a lot of people. Gun and blade skills, she has killed over 60 people, most of them. About 42 in the first movie. How many is really, killed? It really dwindles. You don't want to know. <laughs> so he is a freelance hitman, and honestly, we only see him post-career because he worked for mob bosses before he gets out of the job and even after he retires well he kills over 210 people in two movies (laughs) i didn't know it was that and that's all two shots to the chest and one to the head exactly every single time he shoots and puts them down um excellent marksmanship combatant skills utmost precision and vehicular skills you've seen his driving and vast high intelligence but hit girl also has uh, extensive driving skills on her motorcycle she's very good at that right but here's the problem this they're gonna fight in a pet store oh yeah so oh, Minnie no. McCready will do right. her and best. Oh, no. she's, gonna, she's gonna kill a dog. Accidentally. She's gonna accidentally kill a dog. No, here's the thing. So I actually think she has the energy in youth. She does. If you've seen that awesome scene at the end of Kick Arse where she takes down all those guys, it's incredible. But he has the experience. Her pink hair and outlandish outfit makes for an easy target. And also, um, and this is actually said in the second movie and in the comics, her strength is limited by her youth, which uh, can cause her to be over-reliant on her weapons. So basically, she doesn't really, she's not powerful, but she just focuses on the guns, and that's really all she has at a certain point. So you're going with John Wick. It's John Wick all the way. I think this would be an epic fight. This would it be would an be. amazing It would be so fight. much fun. And, and by the way, John Wick would be shot a lot. A lot, but he'd yeah. still survive. Uh, by the way, uh, more I can't ever say her name. Moritz, yeah, Chloe, Chloe Moritz, Grace, the Moritz. one who played Hit Girl. She said while filming, she could not bring herself to fa- say the film's title out loud in interviews, calling it the film in public and kick butt at home. Oh, just like you, because she was a little girl. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Wait, do you call me a little girl? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, and then she's amazing. She's an excellent marksman, a professional with all practically all firearms from pistols to automatic rifles. She's uh, stealthy. She was able to inf- infiltrate a maximum security prison with ease. She's an expert driver. She does not flinch at torture or dispatching her opponents in the most gruesome and painful ways possible. But, and this is the big but here, she was trained. She has a big but? No. In the sequel. <laughs> she was trained by her father, uh, Damon McCready, also known as Big Daddy, from an early age to be a costume hero and assassin. 
she doesn't know why she's fighting. No. I think I think her inexper- and without that leadership, she doesn't she doesn't know why John Wick knows exactly what he's doing and why he's doing it. And he's going to take hit girl down. In fact, it's all going to give you a high five on that one. I think because of the sequels, because John Wick 2 managed to be awesome in Kick-Ass 2, her character is really ruined. She became like try to infiltrate the mean girls at some point. And really lost her edge. Yeah, and John, lost the cool John Wick has kept his edge even with a sequel. Yes, which is kind of crazy. It actually. is crazy. That Baba movie Yaga. shouldn't have been as good as it was. No, Baba it really shouldn't have. Baba Yaga. I mean, like I wonder about the third one. But all right, I'll find a region, Jacob. We are in soldiers and mercenaries, and like we said, like a lot of these people could fit in different categories. But these are like people who are actually soldiers in their movies, or mercenaries, or the ex-CIA ex-con who's ready to fight. Can I tell you guys a story about John Wick real quick? So I had my in-laws visiting like a while. I don't know, a month or two ago. And uh, my father-in-law wanted to watch a Western. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's watch a Western. Yeah. And my wife says, no, 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 not a Western over my dead body. Please don't make me watch a Western. It's the worst. So we debate. We look through all these movies. And uh, suddenly we're looking through. We see John Wick. And my wife's like, how about John Wick? And I'm like, for your parents? You know? <laughs> yes. And she's like, it's a country I, song. And then I go, holy crap, this is a Western movie. It is. And so we play it and they love it. They are like up at the edge of their seats, no, he, like like shouting at the movie. Did Here's you angel it? We did. Okay. Here's the thing. You shouldn't love that movie because there's so much death. There is. But you can't help but it. But you can't help it. But no, there's something about, and it's the same with Taken. There's something about yeah. just seeing the good guy just take down the bad guys. It's so refreshing sometimes. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. It sounds weird to say. So refreshing. All right, next match. Murder. Ah, refreshing. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great soundbite. Next up, we have John Rambo. From First Blood, Rambo, First Blood Part 2, Rambo 3, Rambo, and then Rambo 5. I hate the name First Blood Parts two, Part 2. Uh, Sylvester Stallone played him. Really is. Richard B. Riddick III. <laughs> played by... His name from, is Richard? <laughs> it's Richard B. Riddick. Hey, from, Rick Riddick. From Pitch Black and Chronicles of Riddick, portrayed by Vin Diesel. Hey, second round for him on this. Oh, How and, is his and name just Richard? Riddick. How is it yeah. Richard? It's Richard B. Riddick, excuse me. Richard B. Riddick. Is, so, that, is that official? Like, that did yeah. not... That was never said in the movie. So, so Rambo's career is U.S. Special for- Forces, Riverboat Captain, and Snake Catcher. He's <laughs> the one that could throw the snake at Indiana Jones. He, now, the funny thing about... Now, this is one of those funny things, because this seems to happen with a lot of Sylvester Stallone movies. First Blood is a drama yeah. about a soldier coming home from Vietnam and suffering from PTSD. Right. And then as the movies progressed, it became this action thriller thing. It became Rocky Same with Rocky, because Rocky, the first Rocky, it's a drama. And then it progressively gets more and more action-y and and popcorn-y. He knows what he's doing. I mean, look, we talked about this the other week with uh, Terminator and Aliens. Look what they became. Yeah. They progressed. Now, Riddick, he knows hand-to-hand combat. He knows a mix of Krav Maga, Hapakido, Eskirma, and Ninjutsu. He's also very deadly with any weapon he can get his hands on. He's also not human. Uh, he he's half he's, human. He's not human, but he's mortal. He's a human yeah. Furian hybrid. Yeah, Furian. but he's mortal. So his motto, actually, for Riddick's Richard B. Riddick's motto is "Kill all who threaten." Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's the thing. So also, he does have a special power here, which puts him over the edge of some of these other people. Is he sees very well at night? Oh yeah, he does. But he, he needs goggles during the day. During the day, otherwise, he gets a little bit blinded. His kill count is sixty-seven in three movies. Rambo's kill count. You guys want to? You want to guess? No, oh, sorry. Sixty-seven. Does in he three have more movies. than John Wick? Yes. Oh, Rambo's kill count. Go. And by the way, half of these are from his most recent movie. Three hundred and fifty. Jake. Oh gosh, it's more than three hundred and fifty. I'm not saying it is. I. Yeah, three fifty-one. 
503. Oh. 503. Wow, John Rambo. That's obscene. That's and also, it's funny because the first movie, there's maybe four kills. Yeah. And then it progresses. Well, because like, the first movie is about this, like I said, it's this guy who wants to be by himself and he goes, hides in the forest. Yeah. And these corrupt cops try and get him and he sets up all these traps in the forest to kill them. So here's the thing. I think this takes place in the jungle. Because the I, think, I think there's, well, there's shade cover for Riddick. I think he could fight pretty well. It could even be night because Rambo is also pretty effective at night. Right. I'm going to go with Rambo. Obviously, because the kill count, that really helps him. His, if you've seen the most recent Rambo movie, it's gluttonous mm-hmm. as far as gore goes. His bullets cut people in two. <laughs> he shoots someone and people explode with a bullet. And I will say that Riddick, he has more issues. Like he has sympathy for children, which in one of the movies, I think it's Chronicles of Riddick, he risks his life for a kid and then he gets kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Um, also, one of his issues, he experiences deep regret. He does. <laughs> Rambo, Rambo doesn't. Rambo has PTSD from war. He's got and he crazy just wants PTSD. to get away, but people won't leave him alone. So Riddick, he's almost useless without the goggles and also the spot. It sounds like Rambo's kids. got the bigger issues emotionally, though. Yes, but like, also much bigger. The, he has a killing instinct. He does. And I think what would happen is that Rambo would, this is just my mind, but I think mm-hmm. Rambo would set one of those traps that when uh, Riddick walked through it, these uh, spikes would come out of the ground and shatter his glasses, possibly That's all you do. his eyes. Yeah. And even though Vin Diesel, not Vin Diesel, excuse me, Riddick is an apt fighter. And it says here, even without his eyes, he's a mercenary. He's a soldier. Right. But I think Rambo's got the win on this. And that's crazy. I don't agree at all. Riddick would murder him. Nah. Sorry, man. He's he's not even human. All right. Next up is John Matrix. From the Matrix? (laughs) No. Uh, Going Commando. John Matrix from Commando, portrayed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Versus Robert McCall. From The Equalizer, played by Denzel Washington. His second appearance on here. Yeah, there you go. So John Matrix, he's a former Green Beret, retired Green Beret. Yeah. Robert McCall, his former career was CIA and Black Ops. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Matrix, he's a devout loving father who just wants to kind of retire and do his own thing. And The Equalizer, Robert McCall, uh, quietly lives in Boston, Massachusetts and works at a Home Mart hardware store. They both kind of want to do their own thing. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cute, right? Yeah. So this the skills for these ones on the Hero Wiki really limited. In fact, for John Matrix, it says airplane and car skills. So he's he's basically a good driver, good pilot. But he's highly intelligent and adaptable, and has an incredibly well developed physique. <laughs> well, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. Yeah. Also great at knife wielding, weapon weapon knowledge. Whereas you have Robert McCall, weapons of all sorts. I mean, the the movie takes place basically in a Home Depot. And everything becomes a weapon. It's really kind of crazy how much fun the end of that movie is. But his kill count is only 20, whereas John Matrix, 87. So Both John, of these are one movie, remember. Yeah, and, and uh, Commando was really kind of that peak Schwarzenegger action movie that it had so many moments when I was like, this is so corny, but right. amazing. Like when they drive full speed into a telephone pole and they go, Ugh, all right, let's go. And they jump out and <laughs> so keep <good>. going. <laughs> or when he's in a plane and needs to get out. And so he gets on the, the landing gear and jumps out of a moving plane when it's already in the air from the landing gear. Also, <laughs> just lines when he's just like, I'm, uh, this green beret is going to get you. And he's like, I eat green berets or I eat green berets for breakfast. What? Right. Or after dropping a guy off a cliff, he's like, hey, where'd he go? I let him go. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what he's like. That's right before he's like, remember when I said I killed you last? Yeah. I, I lied. lied. <laughs> yes. So even here's the thing. I'm going to play my hand. This could take place at Walmart and that would give Robert McCall the edge. Right. And I will say both of these characters are very similar. This is a great uh, matchup here because both are very protective about young girls. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I do think like McCall would be very clever about using the weapons in the Walmart, for example, because anything's a weapon. But the problem with Commando and the strength for John Matrix is he cannot be touched by a single bullet or weapon. This is literally one of those movies I bring up where there's like an army of soldiers firing upon him as he runs through this like <laughs> this kind of open area. Open field, basically. And then he, <laughs> he stands up and just is kind of this. <laughs> and then they all drop dead. Like it, it yeah. really is one of those things where so, it's hilarious to as watch. As clever as McCall is, he cannot touch John Matrix. <laughs> Which is <laughs> and Denzel Washington. This he's doing the Equalizer two. Yes, it's his first ever sequel. Yeah, Denzel's first ever sequel. Paycheck maybe, maybe we should go see it. But uh, I tell you what, it's got to go to John Matrix and Commando as well for sure. And he's good at disguises as well. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, I'm in disguise. You don't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, there's two left. First up is uh, a guy named Chance. Mm-hmm. Say his last name in Cajun. Uh, Baudreau. That's uh, close enough. Chase Baudreau. Baudreau. Uh, from? Yeah, from Hard Target, portrayed by Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay. Uh, versus Jack Reacher. From Jack Reacher, and Jack Reacher never stop reaching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's Reach sequel. forever. Uh, so, portrayed by Tom Cruise. So, Chance Bordeaux, 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 Bordeaux he's an out-of-work Cajun merchant seaman. Okay. Yeah. So he was there and now he's home. He, he Hard Target, if you've ever read Most Dangerous Game, where yeah. it's like this guy who hunts man, that's what kind of Hard Target is about. This guy is setting up uh, hunts for homeless people. Right. And uh, Chance Baudreau is one of those. He's in the right guys. place at the right time to help these people. But he's ex-military. Right. So Jack Reacher, he's a private investigator, U.S. Army officer, military police. I mean, he's Jack freaking Reacher. Um, skills for Chance Bordeaux, uh, exceptional martial artist. He is, I mean, Jean-Claude Van Damme after, uh, after all. And aren't, is there one sequel for this movie? For Hard Target? Yeah. I think, I think there's Hard the Target 2, actually. Maybe, but I don't know if he's in it. But he's got a kill count of 31, whereas Jack Reacher, he has, uh, outstanding martial arts capabilities, extensive knowledge of military weapons, outstanding marksmanship, and he's killed 35 people. So we have two fighters here. These are straight up fighters. I will say Jack Reacher... He's a great sniper. They're he brawlers. Can, he can do anything, but these two will Jack end up Reacher brawling. Jack Reacher is six feet, five inches, weighs 210 to 250 pounds right. in the books. In the <laughs> so, movies, he's Tom Cruise. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I do think um, this will take place <laughs> the in the... size of Matilda. <laughs> right. <laughs> this could take place in the bayou, for example, and I okay. do think we'll give Bordeaux the edge here. Yeah, we'll give him the home territory. Might as well. But, you know, Joel, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you go first on this one. Well, uh, so they wanted Kurt Russell to pay the part of Chance Bordeaux, but then they got Jean-Claude Van Damme and they're like, oh, John, John Woo was like, we can do so much more with this. This was, this was John Woo's first uh, American film. Okay. And I feel like, I mean, Chance Bordeaux is a former uh, force, Marine Force retcon. He, uh, he knows how to fight. In fact, he kills the end guy, spoiler alert, by attacking with a flurry of blows and then drops a grenade in his pants. So What? That's what happens. That's a, that's a great uh, date right there. <laughs> no, friendly, friendly. <laughs> but then you get Jack Reacher, and he, he was one of those, that was one of those movies where I watched, and I'm like, wow, Tom Cruise is tough. Even though he's meant to be playing a 6-1 fighter. Yeah, he really does. And he's very, very good at it. And I like this about Jack Reacher. It says, Reacher generally goes with the flow of the fight, caring about winning more than how he wins. His favorite moves are headbutts, elbow strikes, and kicks to the groin. Yeah, he's a dirty fighter. He's a dirty fighter. And I don't think Chance Bordeaux is going to see that coming. And I'm saying it's Jack Reacher. It's funny because even Tom Cruise is as small frame as he is in Jack Reacher. It seems like he's so well built. That they used he, really good apple boxes to th- prop him up on. Yeah. <laughs> every, every punch that comes his way, he just takes it. 
He's really good at taking a hit. Yeah. So I do think if a roundhouse kick comes, which Sean Claude Van Damme will do, which he excels at, yeah, I do think that will kick. just hit the frame of Jack Reacher and it will hurt a little bit, but it won't take him down. And then Jack Reacher will pull Chance's mullet, boom, pull him down to the ground and then step on his face and crush it. Well, here's what I He's see. He's a dirty like, you know the, helico- the helicopter kick when Jean Claude Van Damme would jump up and spin around. I see Jack Reacher reaching out, grabbing his foot and then flinging him around a bit more and then throwing him against the Absolutely. wall. Absolutely. Jean Claude Jean Claude Van Damme versus Tom Cruise though. Well, now I'm <laughs> now? sorry. Have you seen Tom Cruise? <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme. Tough. I mean, he's still yeah something. Yeah, still, at, should we agree? Prime. Jack, yeah, Reacher? Jack Reacher. Our <laughs> final matchup for this episode is Casey Ryback from Under Siege and Under Siege Two: Dark Territory. I was about to get mad. Steven Seagal is not here. Okay, portrayed so by Steven Seagal. He somehow is because he was the uh, action hero once. <laughs> he was once. Yeah. Uh, versus Alan Dutch Schaefer. From Predator, portrayed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. So Casey Ryback, his career, he's a Navy SEALs operative. Uh, Yaman. A <laughs> and former Navy SEAL operator. Right. Turned cook. Yeah, turned cook. Whereas Dutch, his career, he's a leader of a Merc team specialized in rescue operations. So can, where's this fight <laughs> taking place? This is taking place in an aquarium. Like underwater? Nope. In an aquarium, like, a, you know, like you go visit an aquarium and there are like tanks everywhere. Okay. Okay. Right? I can see that. It's okay. more like a Tom Cruise battleground, though. It could be in this Mortal Kombat world. But uh, Casey Ryback has top training in martial arts, explosives, special weapons, and tactics. He's also a master of unarmed combat, highly skilled with firearms, knives, and other forms of combat. And the primary weapon of choice is a knife in close quarters combat. I was watching some clips of Under Siege because it's been probably 25 years since I've seen that movie. Mm-hmm. He kills people in the worst possible ways. It is kind of gross. It is. Like, he enjoys what he's doing. Like, he destroys them. Yeah. Uh, his kill count pre- is 40, by okay. the way. And, well, here's the thing. Predator's kill count, uh, uh, Dutch's, excuse me, Dutch's kill count has to be limited because in the movie Predator, they're very isolated. He still kills 34 people. Oh, because they have that other oh, that decision at the beginning. Uh, yes. Oh, man, it has one of my favorite lines of all. When he jumps in the room and throws the knife at the guy and sticks him to the wall and goes, stick, stick around. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and then he busts through another door. And he goes, knock, knock. And then he shoots the guy with a grenade launcher. <laughs> <laughs> one oh, of the violence gosh. is funny. <laughs> but one of the kills for Dutch is the Predator. Yes. It's an alien. So here's the thing. These guys both specialize in traps. So basically Riddick is the only other person that could take him on. Oh, please. He can take down aliens. He's proved that. I'm blind. My name's Riddick. I can't see. My name's Ricky. Ricky Riddick. I'm new in town. Who killed aliens? Okay. Please. Where are my goggles? I can't find my glasses. What? Leave me my friend. All right, back to this fight. Okay, so they both specialize in traps. I do think that, uh, like, for example, Under Siege works because it's, like, close quarter combat, and that's why uh, Casey Ryback does so well in Mm -hmm. that environment. He can, like, take people by surprise. But also, Dutch in Predator is so good at using his environment and becoming part of the environment. Here's how I see the fight ending. Okay. Ooh, let's hear it. So they've been they've been hunting each other and fighting each other and moving around this aquarium. Right. And then finally they're over by the shark tank. Ooh. And Steven Seagal is walking around with his knife ready to stab him and all of a sudden Dutch comes around the corner and says, "Hey Casey." Turns around and says, "You're washed up." Shoots a grenade launcher at the glass. <laughs> a shark comes down and swallows Casey whole as it's in his death throes. The end. <laughs> and you're, does he say you're all washed up shark the herald angels scene <laughs> no 
<laughs> Try again. Go do another shark pun. Hold on, hold on. Uh, <laughs> shark the Herald Angels. Jaws oh. a minute. <laughs> Jaws a minute. I hit the nail on the hammerhead. Ah! These <laughs> are <laughs> <so> terrible. <laughs> Oh, I won't so take dumb. any of your bull shark. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You should have an episode where we're just trying to come up with puns. Oh my so, gosh. Yes, Dutch will win. If he can kill the predator. That then... death was great, White. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, so that, Dutch Dutch wins. That guy was rather fishy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that that might weak. be the best one. <laughs> no, Great White was the best. Uh, so Dutch wins? Dutch wins. And on a high five. Man, there we go. So there is our first stab <laughs> at the action hero bracket. And uh, we're going to have part two coming up very soon. But we want to just, uh, we hope you're playing a lot at home. 16 entries Hold left. Uh, I didn't mean to kill him, but I was feeling shellfish. Shellfish? <laughs> 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 Get it? Yes, yes. Get it. See, look at my muscles. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's good. That guy was a shrimp. Oh no. <laughs> You're gonna be texting these to us later, aren't Yeah, you? I will. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's an anemone joke in there, but Oh yeah, that guy's my anemone. Yeah, it just yeah, doesn't yeah, it's just too easy. But no, we hope you're playing along at home. You can print off your own back. You can print off your own bracket at baconcell.com. Uh, but yeah, tell your friends, tell your family. We still got a long way to go. And we'll get there. Yes, we do. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 786Joel on Twitter. Or you can find me performing with Quick Wits. They perform every Saturday night at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the Quick Wits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, it's showtimeshowdown.com. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob A. Rogers. Um, and also, if you are a uh, if you're a Bacon Sale patron, you'd have gotten access to this Bacon Sale Action Hero bracket uh, like four or five days yeah. ahead of uh, of this uh, of this show being released. So uh, uh, if you have not gone yet, go go do it right now. Go patreon.com slash bacon sale and uh, look at all the, the cool stuff that you can get from us, which uh, which we want to give you. Just help us uh, keep going. Yeah. And hey, chums, we're finished. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob's on intro and outro. Yeah, it just feels so good right now. Thanks, hey, Sean. Sean. As an English major, that does not make sense to me. <laughs> I mean, he, he saw a yogurt. They're fast. And furious. <laughs> Pansy. It's because it's Australia. They're weird so, there. A Mad Max in space? I'm so ready for that. Kent, Katniss is a skilled tree climber. Then we assume he's taking the pill, then. <laughs> Matt Damon's the taking the pill? <laughs> he's on the pill. <laughs> this would be an amazing movie, and it would be seriously edited on clear play. Murder. Ah, refreshing. <laughs> wow, John Rambo. That's obscene. Remember when I said I'd kill you last? Yeah? I lied. I'm blind. So My Riddick. name's Riddick. I can't see. My name's uh, Ricky. Ricky Riddick. Hey, Casey. Turns around and says, you're washed up. Shark, the Herald Angels scene. <laughs> Jaws oh. a minute. I hit the nail on the hammerhead. That and death was great, White. <laughs> I didn't mean to kill him, but I was feeling shellfish. Please do a shark pun. Please do a shark pun. Please do a shark, shark pun. pun. Shark pun. Shark pun. Shark pun. Shark pun. I don't know. I'm not prepared shark for a shark pun. 
One of violence is funny. 